Hi guys. Okay, before I dive into the main part of the episode, I wanted to add a little shameless plug and ask you guys to consider signing up for my anxiety webinar. This is the first webinar I've done on this topic, and it's really um, geared towards anybody of any age who has struggled with anxiety, maybe has wondered if they should get help or is in the process of getting help or has gotten help in the past but is feeling like they're struggling more than they would like again. So this workshop is aimed at helping giving you, is aimed at helping to give you an understanding of how CBT works to treat anxiety and then give you an actual tool from CBT that you can start implementing right away in your daily life to feel better and then live better. So check it out. You can go to at mother underscore more on Instagram and click on my link in bio. Go to register for webinar and sign up there. You can also go to our website, petalomacbt.org and sign up there. You can email me directly or DM me all the things and I will get you all set up. It'll be $49, totally worth it for almost an hour of therapy. There will be room for questions at the end. It's also going to be recorded, so if you can't watch it, which by the way, the date will be October 15th, next Tuesday at 12 p.m. If you can't watch it at that time, you can watch it later on in the day or the week or whenever it works for you. Okay, so head over, sign up, or maybe share with a friend who you think would be interested. Cheers. Hi there and welcome to this week's episode of Mother and More. Um, I, as usual, didn't get to releasing this podcast on time, so I think what I'm going to do is stop kind of putting the expectation on myself to release it on a specific date and time and just um, be honest about the fact that I'm going to do it when when I feel, one, motivated to do it excited to do it and I have the time to do it because this project for me is not about um, a need to get something done or an accomplishment. It's really about um, me getting to share things that I feel are important to our human process and things that I hope will lift you up and motivate you to live your best life. So in order to do that, I've got to stick to pushing record when I feel like um, my head and my heart and all the things are in the right place. So here I am today, finally pushing record on this Ask a Therapist episode. I got a lot of submissions. I appreciate it. Please send them in anytime because I'll do these periodically. So anytime a question comes um, comes to you and you want to send it in, you can direct message me on Instagram. You can email me. You can submit it on our website. would love to hear from you. Okay, so let's go. First question is simply, when will the pain stop? Okay, so um, obviously I don't know a lot of information around this question, and so it's really hard to answer in a um, sort of a manner that might directly make, um, be impactful for your exact situation. Um, But what I want to say about that is that it is a myth that time is the only thing that you need to heal your wounds. That's where I'm going to start. 
Sure, time can help because as time passes, we gain new experiences and different perspective. Um, and maybe we get used to the pain or the change a little bit more. So time can be helpful, but it isn't the only thing that that um, that heals, right? And so um, what I want to follow up that follow up that sentiment with is um, it takes work. I think it takes work to stop feeling pain. I think it takes sitting with it and letting it be there. I want to reverse that actually. I think first it takes sitting with the pain or whatever emotion is coming up and allowing it to be there, giving it permission to be there because pain is a critical human experience. We all have it. Not only is it critical, but it's universal. So we need it um, in order to in order we don't really need it but it is just a part of being alive right i guess we need it on some level and we all experience it experience it in some way shape or form so it's universal so the more we try to get away from it avoid it numb it hide from it the harder it's going to push back and the more it's going to affect us so first and foremost just letting the pain be there as hard as that is honoring it, feeling it, okay? And then second and really important is don't let yourself drown in it. Like there will be moments, there will be days where you do kind of drown in it and you feel really stuck in it or like you're walking through the mud and it's really hard. But um, it's important that you allow yourself to move forward from it, to deal. So, um, you know, feel, deal, heal, right? And so the second part is deal. How do I cope with this? How can I move on or move forward? Not let go because nobody can fully let go of some of these things that happen to us in our life. We can just learn and grow from them and move forward. So the dealing part is coming up with coping strategies that work for you. And I always say this, but start small. Uh, Maybe it means, okay, I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to go for a five minute walk. Today, I'm going to um, take a shower and brush my hair. Today, I'm going to, you know, um, go to work even though I don't feel like it. Today, I'm going to attempt to reach out to an old friend or I'm going to show up to that meeting or that group, right? You get to start small. In fact, I want you to start small. I encourage my people to start small and myself because that's where actual change and growth happens. So feel it deal find things that work for you and potentially um if you feel like the pain is lasting you know really long and you're unable to feel any sort of relief or sort of like engage in the natural healing process um because we will we will heal our 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 bodies and our brains are amazing they know how to heal if we let them but sometimes there's complicated grief um people's process of healing is different so if you feel like that's you and you've been struggling too long or it's affecting your life in too significant of a way i think it's important to seek out help and i think specifically um seek out a therapist who specializes in dealing with grief or if your pain's related to depression or anxiety to seek out a therapist who specializes in that or trauma so know your resources find your resources reach out for help all those things okay all right let's move on to the next question but right before that i'm gonna go ahead and do a quick 
word from the sponsor. Okay, before we go into more questions, I want to put a little disclaimer out there. My podcast, nor my social media account, at mother underscore more, are intended to replace therapy, but instead to give people my own perspective, thoughts, tips, and tools for change as a human being who happens to be a therapist. So just want to put that out there. It's kind of obvious, but um, I think in the world of social media and um, the world of more and more therapists um, making themselves seen in that space, I think it's really important to make the distinction between actual therapy and things that are therapeutic um, because that's really important. So Actual therapy involves hiring a mental health professional um, opposed to listening to a podcast or finding things online. And that's it. Okay. And so let's dive in to the next question, which I love. So here we go. This one's a little bit longer. It was sent to me um, via direct message. My 10-year-old daughter is a wonderful little girl with so many strengths. One of the things I worry about, though, is that she's starting to show signs of anxiety relating to always wanting to do things perfectly or be the best. She oftentimes won't try new things out of fear that she will fail. We don't put this pressure on her, and I don't know where it comes from, but I worry that it will get worse as she gets older, and I want her to enjoy life without feeling so stressed all the time. Okay. First, I want to say that since I work with a lot of kids and teens who are anxious, I see this personality profile a lot. I love that you pointed out her many strengths and so often with strengths come challenge. So this is just normal. Um, This does sound like budding perfectionism which I know it's like, Ooh, what a diagnosis. Like, I think, um, it's, it's not that, but I, I think that people truly in our society and culture truly underestimates the difficulty that comes with being perfectionistic. A lot of people don't realize that it's a double edged sword. They just see the good, the achievement, the drive, but they don't see the painful parts of being perfectionist. So kids with perfectionistic tendencies tend to also worry a lot. They tend to hold themselves back from trying new things out of fear or failure. All of those things are true. So as a parent, I first want you to know that your child's perfectionism sounds like, and most almost always is, um, their temperament or personality type. So I want you to practice. I heard you say, I don't know where it comes from. We don't put this pressure on her. I know you don't. Um, in fact, most of the parents I work with do not. Um, some do but a lot do not. So practice letting go of any false belief or notion that you have that you may have caused this anxiety or stress in her life. Um, However, and not however, and perfectionism can be reinforced um, by environment. So it's nature versus nurture and most of the time it's both. So one thing you can do knowing that she has this temperament type sort of like built into her one thing you and your partner can do, um, or, you know, just any adult in her life that has impact, um, is model making mistakes. Talk about how mistakes have made you grow, how they make us all grow. I think one really great tool is to find stories of people that she idolizes, whether they're famous people or not, doesn't matter. Um, and tell them their story, their story, tell her their story or read them read a story about them to her, how they got started, the ups and downs of their journey, the mistakes, the failures. Um, 
and use it as a chance to talk about how mistakes are part of everyone's story. Not only just part of it, they're important and they help us grow. That might help her shift from I hate mistakes, mistakes equal bad, to I can tolerate making mistakes because I know they will help me learn and grow. So find stories. Um, also, just as important, tell her that you love her just as she is and that no achievement could ever change that. Tell her that over and over again because she'll need to hear it throughout the years. I'm sure you already do. So just reinforcing that you love her no matter what, whether she gets an A, B, C, D, whatever it is, whether she makes a team or doesn't, that the love you hold for her and your heart will never change. Um, and then lastly, I, I touched on this a little bit, model making mistakes. Talk about your own, how they helped you grow or how they helped your partner grow. Maybe even come up with some playful ways she can practice making mistakes and get small rewards. I think at 10 years old, she's probably still, you know, willing to do things like, um, uh, or willing to do things for little rewards. Like I recommend like special time as a reward, like getting to go get an ice cream with mom or go to the park or, um, getting something from the dollar bucket at target, if that's something you can do. So, um, an example of a small playful mistake is pronouncing something wrong on purpose. So like going into a coffee shop or a restaurant and, um, calling something like a latte instead of a latte. Although, I hope your daughter's at 10 not ordering a latte, but you never know. (laughs) So, um, yeah, making playful mistakes, rewarding her for that because what that's doing is building up her tolerance for mistakes. Um, So in summary, perfectionism is a strength in that it helps people stay driven and achieve, but it can also come with huge challenges. So give her room to see that, honor her strength, and encourage growth. What most people who struggle with anxiety related to perfectionism more than others even need to learn is to tolerate mistakes, like I said before, but also uncertainty. Hang in there. I think just by virtue of you asking these questions and considering what might be helpful, you're a wonderful mother. If these things that you try with her at home don't work, I'd suggest finding a therapist in your area who specializes in working with children and anxiety. Okay, next question. This is a short one, but a powerful one. This is the last one. How can I hang out with my family members that trigger me while working on my healing? Okay, so... I know very few details here, but I think I can answer in a way that's general, but hopefully still helpful. Um, First, I think you are brave. That's the first thing I want to say. Anyone who is doing the work of healing is incredibly brave because the journey isn't easy, especially when you're confronted with being around people who trigger you. So when you say trigger, I got my air quotes going here, I'm going to assume that you mean that they either bring up a reminder of something difficult that happened in the past or a series of difficult things or behavioral patterns that were not healthy. So just to reiterate, whether you're healing from any kind of abuse, toxic relationship with self or others, big T traumas, or a series of little T traumas, you are amazingly brave for showing up for your healing work. Big T traumas, by the way, those are the things like um, uh, those are the things like sexual abuse, physical abuse. Um, those are the things like uh, they can be things like emotional abuse. They could be car accidents. They can be events that um, 
directly impacted you and, and caused you to have a traumatic response. Little T traumas can be smaller things that add up over time, but can create the same trauma response. Okay. So little T traumas can be things like, um, um, for kids, it can be things like losing, I don't know, like not getting picked for the team, right. Or, um, losing a friendship or getting made fun of, um, being talked to poorly by family members. Those things are little T's and they can add up to cause big damage. So I don't want to, um, sort of like downplay them by calling them little T's. It's just the idea that it's not a huge event or one specific event that caused the, the trauma. Um, so here's what I know. You're an adult now by virtue of you writing in, you're an adult now. And no matter what happened to you in the past, near or far, you get to decide how you show up in a room with or without your family. So I don't say that to like make you feel small, like you're an adult now, you should be able to handle this. No, no, no. What I'm saying is you are an adult now. And isn't that amazingly beautiful and powerful? I encourage you to show up as you, no matter what, no matter what room you're in, because integration of your authentic self in every room, in every space is such a critical part of healing. So know who you are and show up as that person, even when it's hard. Secondly, I want to give you permission, not that you need mine, but I want you to literally imagine a permission slip that like you're handing back to yourself each time you're faced with seeing this person to do one or all of these things. I'm going to list them here. One, just flat out say no. Say no to seeing them. If you have to come up with an excuse or a reason, whatever you need to do, that's fine. You have permission to say no. Remember, you're an adult. You get to say. You get to decide. Two, set up boundaries, personal and relational. And if you need help figuring out what those boundaries are for for your own self, um, get some professional help and tell the therapist, I just, I, I need, I need to work on this. Um, maybe even just a few, few sessions. No shame in that. Um, three, take breaks. Go for walks. Get outside go to the bathroom, take some deep breaths, whatever you need to do to like break up the time and space a little bit. That's, that's good. Make sure you do that for yourself. And the the way that you're going to know this is by listening to your own needs. So most importantly, fourth, and most importantly, love the hell out of yourself for being willing to tolerate discomfort. And also, um, listen to what it is you need in these moments every moment really, but especially in those moments when you're faced with seeing the person who triggers you. So in summary, healing from trauma is hard, especially when you are constantly um, sort of faced with dealing with or seeing that person um, who was a part of the trauma. I don't know what part they played um, at all or, or like I said, any of the details, but it's, it makes it more difficult. But also I want to point out the other side. That's not such a like popular thing to point out, but it is true is that when we are faced with our triggers, our trauma triggers, especially whether it's um, people, places, or things, we actually get to heal quicker because our um, if we can walk into those spaces, um, like I said, whole and like our real self and not sort of white knuckling or, um, you know, shying away, we get to experience this relearning that's like, I am an adult now and I can handle this. I am safe.
And that is so important. Okay. So here I am um, in my closet. I don't know if you just heard my kids scream, finishing up this podcast because just like you, I'm trying to navigate all the things. Um, and so I want to say truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you for trusting me with your questions. Thank you for showing up to listen to this podcast when I know you have 5 million other things in your day. That's why I like to keep them short because I just want this to be something that you can digest, um, all at once versus having to like kind of come back to it. So thank you for your questions. Keep them coming in. I love the ask a therapist, um, episodes. They're really fun for me. Hopefully you get something out of them too. You can DM me. Um, you can email me, you can find me at mother underscore more and do both those things. Um, you can also just, uh, comment like on any picture and, and I'll collect these questions and answer them in a future episode. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you again for being here. I hope you guys have a beautiful week. And as always, please feel free to share your thoughts with me, um, around topics that you might think would be helpful in the future. And just a last minute plug. I am having my, um, anxiety webinar tomorrow, Tuesday at 12 PM. So I'd love to have you join, um, jump on to my website or my Instagram page and go to register for webinar. I'd love to see you there. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Mother and More. If you like what you heard here, please take a moment to go on iTunes and subscribe. Either write a review or share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram with which episode you liked and maybe what you got from it. My Instagram name is at mother underscore more. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested in finding out more about the kind of work I do or even working with me one-on-one via remote or in-person sessions, you can check out my website, which is therapywithcaitlin.com. Cheers. Thank you.